Hey, everybody. Hello. Welcome to the show. So Craig was counting very, very, it was loud. And we still all missed it. <laughs> Except I had the shoes ready, okay? Stay no, ready. I'm still getting ready. I'm always getting, like, I'm always getting ready on air. I'll be in the middle of Jank talking. I'll be like, <laughs> I'll see the flyaways. <laughs> It's really bad. I always look disheveled when I'm on TYT. You, you can't see flyaways on this background. I don't know, doing? man. I just bought this shirt and just through this shocked. morning. I just bought this shirt. And I have a question. Okay. Does it smell? It smells weird, right? Yeah, it does. You do you got that at J. Crew? I bought this at J. Crew. It's the only place I buy clothes. I uh, like to have salt. I like to solve problems as quickly as possible. And when I was about 19, I was like, I'll just buy stuff at J. Crew. That's all I'm doing. Do you know what? What? No, it smells like Crossroads. What's that? The high school? The second hand store. <laughs> oh, does it? You know what? You're right. Because they were having exactly a what it big like. sale. Someone brought it back. And sometimes when they do that, they ship things in, like from a warehouse. Because mm. it's like going to be a big blowout sale. And so maybe they just came out of a box. This didn't, somebody didn't bring it back. That's just how it smells. Like it came from the manufacturer that way. There you go. Um, Can I eat while we do this? It smells like mothballs a little bit. I agree. <laughs> I'm fine. I, I agree with you. I'm pretty sure. I was pretty I mean, I'm not sure trying to smells. make you self-conscious, though. It looks just, like you're looking at me like you are. <laughs> no. You're like. I love you. I think you're perfect just the way you are. I love yeah. both of you. Yeah. That's a weird face to make back. I was, my mouth was full. Sorry. <laughs> okay. I was trying not to be on the uh, camera. Oh, you're the I woke up this morning to an They're email really from J. Crew that said it's 40% off today. Mm-hmm. And it, it dictated the first five hours of me being awake. I love that you're drinking a Capri Sun. Yep. <laughs> You just called him perfect. See, lies. This is left. I had a whole. So bad for you. (laughs) A lot of like. Don't don't ruin this. What's wrong with Capri Sun? Everything. I think it's bad for you. You just you're going with your gut, and there's plenty of reasons to believe Capri Sun's bad for you. First of all, what what thing that's good for you comes in a pouch? That's true. (laughs) That's true. What else comes in a pouch? A baby kangaroo. I want one. Those are good for you. No, those are so high in calories. I want a baby kangaroo. Do you ever see those like fighting kangaroos? Like, I love to see wow. a kangaroo beat a man's ass. You do. That was a thing. This is my favorite. That's not know. just in cartoons, by the way. No, on video it's- fights. I love when a kangaroo beats the shit out of a man. It just makes me <laughs> so happy. Because it's usually a man that's like that bosses up on a kangaroo. Like right. you can see them. They always got the. They always do this thing right here, like. That, that right mm-hmm. there, and then boom, the kangaroo just <laughs> knocks him out, and it's yeah. just like bam, sit your ass down. <laughs> um, can we talk about um, these past few weeks and how they've been? I want to know. Mm. Oh wow, you yeah. have a Netflix special, and you—it is so funny. Mm-hmm. I think I've watched it four times now. Thank you. You—you you know I love to be funny in your presence because you—you are—you so made me funny. feel like Eddie Murphy. <laughs> <laughs> Eddie Murphy before he she was does. hating on Bernie Mac, but oh, Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy's um, coming back. Hurrah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I genuinely don't know how to interpret it. I, I'm not sure. I have, like, I have an idea. About no, I, I love Eddie Murphy. I'm, I'm mad at him today because he was talking about Bernie Mac because Jerry Seinfeld said. Oh, today? Yeah, it, I don't know when it happened, but Jerry Seinfeld said that he thought Bernie Mac was one of the funniest people ever. Mm-hmm. And then Eddie was like, ah. He was fun, the funniest ever. I don't think he's one of the greatest. And I just, I'm just, you don't get to say that. Comedy is just subjective. And you can't be, you can't just say, first of all, we already give you so much based on the, the fact that you did two comedy specials, mm-hmm. right? And we still, I, I still bow down to you as a king. How could you do that to Bernie Mac? He's no it's longer weird. with us. It's like, yeah. It's so easy yeah. not to say, it's so easy to say, yes, he was great. Or you can say, not to me, but to say that he's not is not okay. Because to some people, Eddie Murphy is not. A lot of people think said. Charlie's funnier than Eddie. And mm-hmm. by a lot of people, I mean me. That's you. <laughs> Just kidding. I, love I really like Eddie. So I wouldn't say. Wait, I, what did he say? What did Eddie Murphy say? He just said he didn't. He didn't think that Bernie was the, one of the greatest of the comics. Oh, that's aggressive. That he wasn't in the top four. Yeah, and he kept double, doubling down. And you know what's funny is that when Eddie Murphy announced that he was coming back, mm-hmm. I was one of the people defending him because so many people were like, 
he's gonna bomb. Like he's not gonna do well. He can't just do what he was doing back in the day. And I was like, hey, that's Eddie Murphy. And so I'm not gonna down Eddie Murphy or berate him because then I would be guilty of doing what I'm mm -hmm, upset mm -hmm. about him doing. But what I will say is that I hate when comedians down other comedians. It's you know, weird. I think it's unnecessary. It just reeks of insecurity. And I'm not saying that Eddie Murphy is because he has no reason to be. But I just think tiny nipples, really small nipples. I don't know if anyone watched that video. Yeah, he's got really small nipples. That's probably oh, the Remember the Time video. Is that what it is? I'm thinking of the like, what is it? What's his song? What's his, he had a song where he's like flying in the air. Party all the time. Party all the time. Party all the Did time. Did he fly in the air? I uh, I think that's the background. But also in like Coming to America, which I watched recently, he's got small small nipples. I was just picking something. Okay. I thought it would be funny to say like something random about Eddie Murphy to say he should be because he has no reason to be insecure whatsoever. Right. Yeah. None. None. He's he's at the top. People were like. Oh my gosh, how is he gonna be able to handle it? Because Raw and Delirious didn't age well. And Dave Chappelle was like, hold my beer. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Did you see it? I I, I, see it. I, you hate when I make myself laugh. <laughs> I actually like it because you like realize you're making yourself you. laugh halfway through your line. <laughs> and then you just kind of ease into the landing. Because he said, hold my beer. <laughs> and you're looking at other people. Okay, back to you. Okay. Yeah. Thanks. We're off track here. It's okay. I like, I always do that. I'm like, get it over there. Here's what I'll say I'm so humbled by all of the support that I received because it's been overwhelming, honestly. Um, thousands and thousands of people have reached out and What's most humbling has been so many comedians who I respect that said, that's a really good piece of art. Like you did a great job. It is not, like some people stand up is just a bunch of jokes in a row. And we, and we and behind the scenes, like we went and saw like a bunch of, and I've seen like a bunch of stand up shows in my life. And a lot of them are a bunch of jokes in a row, but yours is like, it takes you places. Like you. it's just a tour it's of so, so many things. and. And just when you're like, oh, this is really deep, you just, there's a joke and the whole room. When we were there when we when you shot it, it's just, the whole room was just, just the release. It's like, it was like life. Oh, I appreciate that. You know, the thing is that I, I, I there was so many complaints about Hannah, about Nanette. Oh, mm -hmm. oh yeah, okay. There was so many complaints about how it was just trauma and it was a, a, you know, people call it a TED talk, a one woman show. So I said, I'm gonna take my trauma, and I'm gonna write a joke for every issue that I talk about, right? I wanna talk about social issues, but I wanna interlace them with my personal experiences. And I wanna make this funny, cause it can be funny when you have an issue. And I'm not saying that Nanette wasn't funny. I'm just saying that my goal was not just to make people think, but as a comedian, I felt the responsibility and the onus to make people laugh. And so I said, I'm gonna do a set where I'm gonna talk about all the most uncomfortable stuff I can talk about, and I'm gonna write a joke to that. And it was really hard. It was draining. I, I would get off stage and cry, and it was um, it was hard because I actually lived through those things in real life. So it was you know it was cathartic, but it was also sad because the people that I was talking about were not here with me anymore. But for me, it was memorializing them, and I, now I get to keep them alive through this piece. So it was just a lot of work and um, I'm just humbled by it. Now I'll say this, because I like, I don't like to be uh, ignorant without um, some redemption. <laughs> there were some people who um, expressed that they're dislike for me. There were some people who are TYT followers that don't like me and they expressed it and they go on the pages. I, um, I really wanna address those people because I respect the Young Turks and I respect the people who support the Young Turks and I appreciate you supporting the Young Turks even if I'm not your cup of tea. What I don't, what I will not allow is you coming to my world, my space, my page, my post and thinking that you can just bully me with your opinion and think that I'm just gonna sit there and tolerate it because you're a TYT supporter or any other reason because it's not okay. Especially when it's a bunch of white guys telling people not to watch me and that they don't think I'm funny because they don't like me, because they don't like my strength and because they don't like the fact that I am um, a woman of color who stands in, 
in her strength and it, it bothers you because you can tell. Because you know what, I don't like country music, I just don't. And I don't go to Garth Brooks's page I'll leave, and I'm say, leaving. I, I don't go, I don't but I don't go to Garth Brooks's page and say, hey, you know, quit <laughs> country, I hate it. I just don't do that. So I, I always feel like people who occupy spaces to make other people feel bad usually don't feel good about themselves. So that is what I wanna say is that if you're in a dark place, if you're feeling bad about yourself, if you're angry, if you feel like you're shut out, if you feel like you're invisible, that's why I'm a comedian because that's how I felt. So uh, coming to remind me of my trauma isn't helpful and I don't wanna participate in that. So. Thank you for supporting the Young Turks, and I hope that you find the peace that you don't have to go online and go around terrorizing people. And I'm not just talking to TYT people, I'm talking about everybody. It's just, I just hit, had this epiphany because I was like, wow, I've never felt so bad that I wanna go say, hey, Taylor Swift, jump off a cliff. Like, I've never wanted to do that. Oh my God, people say stuff like that to you? Oh yeah, I had a, somebody called me a disgusting pig on Twitter the other day because I said that, um, oh, because I tweeted, uh, you you can't say that Barack Obama is the Antichrist, right? <laughs> that is a controversial statement. I, said, I think I retweeted that. Like, yeah, right, when I said yeah. that, you don't, you, and then somebody was like, I, I don't like the, Barack Obama. You don't have to like him, but if you're a Christian person, you cannot say he's the Antichrist because you already know what that means in Christianity. And it's not okay for you to demonize him because you don't like his politics. Because if he is the, the Antichrist, then Trump is the Antichrist squared. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So you don't, you can't do that and you're not doing that and I'm gonna watch it and not say anything. It's worse than the Antichrist to be the Antichrist squared because it also involves math. Absolutely, that a lot of people may not, mm -mm. they're like squared, what? Are they in a box? Does Every that mean? I don't know. day he is goofy. Me? Every second of the day. I we were having a serious know. moment. We were trying to like you know <laughs> And <laughs> I was it's over true. here. I'm, I'm sorry. I, wanted, like, I, want, I keep replaying things about your comedy special in my mind, and we, and I already like I was on that track while you were talking about it. But then you would say something that would trigger another part of it, and but you were being serious, and I'm listening to you. But no. I kept trying to swallow and laugh. Let's be goofy. Like, Let's be goofy about oh my it. God, I'm done with that. I, I wanted to address that because I did have people come to you know come say this, and they're like, well, you know. I hate you when you're on the Young Turks, and I'm like, you hate you. You don't yeah. even know me. <laughs> you can't hate me because you don't know me. Right, and listen, my Facebook page, my Twitter is not a democracy. Like, that's why you vote. You'll get cussed out over here. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's not cussed out. I but just, like, you can't talk to me crazy. And it, like, sometimes I have the time. You have the yeah. time to we just be like, I'm gonna set it straight. Wait, we can disagree in your thoughts. I like the idea <laughs> of having a conversation <laughs> with someone who's like, I've done the math. No, I'm just kidding. And Barack Obama is the anti- I know. <laughs> the problem is like you cannot talk, respond to people who do not use their real name and face. Yeah. It's there's a lot of times like that's, there's a protection that comes from that. In light of recent controversial events surrounding the Young Turks, I've gotten an uptick in like just nameless, faceless, like Twitter people coming at, like not coming after me, but just like, like bringing up like generic right wing term mm -hmm. followed by the Young Turks followed by like are dumb mm -hmm. or like are the Antichrist. It is so weird because it's like it's two things. At the one on the one hand, you want to say you must have a lot of time on your hands mm -hmm. to do this, but then you think of like how much thought they actually put into it, and it's like you must have like four extra seconds yeah. and like. For me, four extra seconds, like I'll check, I'll check like my Instagram. For them, four extra seconds is like, who's the Antichrist today? Like right. I'll just go yeah. tweet something angry at someone that's my perceived enemy, for the hopes that they'll just like take a second I and know, just go. I think people join the Young Turks, uh, the the TYT. They join sometimes just so that they could harass and 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 spy on and troll. You know, like. Listen, I, I just think that if if Barack Obama gets to be the Antichrist, then we the Antichrist is now a crew. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? It ain't the Antichrist is not operating solo anymore. If that's the case, because I remember when you know what I'm saying. It's like you yeah. you can't just because you don't like Barack Obama's politics doesn't get you to doesn't mean you get to demonize that black man. And I think that that has a lot to do with it. A lot of especially, I hear a lot of liberal people who like I I hate Barack Obama. Yeah, I know you do, because the privilege that, that you're cloaked in, your psyche broke when you saw a black man that is now the leader of the free world. And that's just reality. And that means that's your internalized racism. Because you don't have to like Barack Obama's politics, but to try to dehumanize him and demonize him is not acceptable. But like, okay, I'll so watch. when you look back, when like I took history classes, they would take entire like 100 year eras and and boil them down to like this this the enlightenment what was it it's like the the like renaissance and then the next thing after that for the next 100 years was like a, a, a religious awakening mm-hmm. so went from science to a religious awakening and that's 200 years we just put in two chapters in a book and that's it and it's with all the com, the fact that we cover 10 stories a day on TYT it is it is so easy to lose sight of the, pos, the 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 probable fact that Donald Trump's election is just a reaction to there being a black president. Oh, all day long. Like there's so many different things, and we get so great. And we're all I'm dealing with like everything every single day, every 24 hour period. As much as I like hate the 24 hour news cycle, like that's the job, mm-hmm. and we try to contextualize things into this these big. Uh, these larger movements and schools of thought, but like, I talked to someone who's like a political consultant, and they just go, you know, as much as we want to make it otherwise, everyone's litigating the, the previous election every single time, mm-hmm. and that's it. So like, you had, you had things were so bad under George W. Bush that racist ass America. Was like I'll take anyone, even a black dude. Mm-hmm. And things, people were so angry, like racist people, racist ass America was so angry that there was a black president. They're like, we want the racistest guy we can get our hands on, mm. and it's Trump. And maybe like the America is so bad under Trump that they'll get their like first woman president. Like mm-hmm. that sexist ass America will elect its first woman president. And then like, maybe that's the case, maybe it's not. And maybe there's a lot of other stuff. And then, and then you ask the question like 100 years from now, will they look, how will they look back on like this era of American politics as, long, as, as, as assuming we haven't submerged everyone with the ice melt? Well, if we, our textbooks now are any possibility of like, I mean, it's gonna be a lie. Right, that's the other thing. They're gonna be like, look at these beautiful cages. People just flew into them. That's what our textbooks are gonna be like. And some random Martin Luther King quote that completely like whitewashes everything. That's gonna stay. Yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know. History art I don't know. We don't teach things correctly. I mean we they're gonna ruin the planet anyway. So those same people are the ones. So What's going to happen is a bunch of whole, the revelations, you Antichrist people, it's coming for you, right? <laughs> it's coming for you because you believe in it. <laughs> <laughs> now back to Capri Sun. Yes! So, I do want to talk about yes! Capri Sun. Do you want to know something about Capri Sun? <laughs> oh, and then that makes it come out faster. You blow into it. But look, get back to this shot. Do you know what they added to Capri Sun? A clear bottom. So that you could see when it was empty? Because people said that Capri Suns had like dirt in them. Uh. Because it's such like a, a, an opaque pouch, people were like, you know, like you have to put a clear bottom in it so that you can see. So they're like, no, there's not crap in the bottom of it. They want to see the carcinogens. They're like, let's see those carcinogens. I want to see it right there. Keep giving your babies that sugar. Keep some docile. It says it's a juice blend, a juice drink blend, fruit punch flavored. I mean, it's delicious. There's that. Mm -hmm. No, I know. And ten for a dollar? Come on, every poor person. But I felt like I needed to drink like two or three. Yeah, these. It's sugar. Is that what it is? I just felt like there wasn't enough in there. It got corn syrup in it too, right? 
I don't know. They don't put the ingredients on the all individual right, pouches. The box. Sprinkling my conspiracy yeah. theories all over this. Do you remember when they came out with the big pouch? No. Yeah, Capri Sun. This isn't pouch. about you, Craig. I'm just kidding. Craig's You does not deserve it's tie Tuesday. How dare I'm you? I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Craig. I apologize. You oh, can talk. I'm. Where's your tie? Me. I don't know. I feel like the tie oh, Tuesday is really moderately sexist. Jacory's not wearing a tie. Jacory, like off the shoulder. Said, look, you see how my hair first is starting to grow. It is girl. Chance the Rapper cosplay day. <laughs> Chance the Rapper was on the Breakfast Club yesterday. Was he? Yeah. How'd that go? It went well because it was it was all over the place. I like Chance the Rapper. You do. Yeah. I went to a Chance the Rapper concert in Denver. It was traumatizing. What happened? It was just a bunch of like young, like white teenagers screaming the N word all around me. Wait, oh, Chance? you told me about that? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. I don't know what. It's just like rap fans these days. It's a different experience at some rap concerts. In what way? Like maybe I just like didn't notice it before. I don't know. It's I don't know. It was just like oh, this is a lot for me. In Come the get your boys, Chance. <laughs> Yeah. It's, it's not, it's not like he was encouraging it. I think it just was just. No, they're reciting what they hear. They're reciting what they hear and they're. Yeah. I, yeah, I, yeah. I, it's an interesting feeling that you, like, as a white, which I am, mm-hmm. when, a white, a white person, <laughs> a, a, a cool lip skinned 37 year old. Are you 37 still? Still, believe it or not. Um, as a cool whip skinned person, oh my god, we you know it's coming in a song, and you're and I'm and and you're enjoying the song. Mm-hmm. For me, anyways, I'm enjoying the song, and I'm like, here it comes. I have to mute it, and I will mute it. And it's coming, and it gets there. Do I? How do I handle when the word arrives? How tell us? And you just mute yourself. <laughs> you mute yourself. You you turn into a human radio edit. <laughs> You're just like, or or you or you sing the radio edit version, no matter what. And she ain't messing with no broke, broke. <laughs> you have to do it. Y'all but, tweet me. How do you guys handle when the when the N word comes up? You, I want to hear white people. Send me a tweet. I will retweet these if they're funny. But like. Not everyone does that, right? No, like, right. there's a little, as you proved at your Denver concert. Yeah. Was it Red Rocks? Red, what, Red Rocks. It's is like in, that amphitheater is in thing. Yeah, yeah, that's, it was a cool, it was beautiful. Yeah. That's like one of the best venues in America. Yeah. It's like most iconic. Um, but you know, I went to high school in the Valley where there were a bunch of like five foot two white girls driving Ford Expeditions. It was like the theme that of the school. That's a big car. What school did you go to? Chaminade. Oh. My name's Corey hates it when I bring up Chaminade. Why? Why? We had Griffin who worked here until a point and uh, he went to Chaminade and uh, we would talk about it. And Ja'Cory, for some reason, he talks about Lobster rolls and all kinds of Northeastern crap all the time. You guys don't fry scallops around here, he says the other day. Right? <laughs> I got you. Wait, I don't get The audience is like, yeah. what? Is Sorry, going on? but See what happens when like Ida it. comes? Anyways, I went to a, a, a preppy, like, like the cheaper private school in the valley, but you know that. You know, <laughs> Rebecca, when she's driving to school in her little, in her giant car, is just like screaming all the words. There's yeah. no way she's bleeping it I, out. I love that you were like, we, I went to a cheaper private school. It was. Just so we're clear, I was a poor rich. Uh, it was $4,200 <laughs> a year. <laughs> By comparison, Harvard Westlake is $38,000 a year. It is the price of mm-hmm. a college. College. My son went to Campbell what Hall. What college? Campbell Hall, near. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. What college? A private college. Oh my gosh! Out of state tuition. Yeah. Out of state college. tuition. Private college. Oh They're my the gosh. same. But whoa. But yeah. So people were. That is a thing. Um, and we used to go to Harvard Westlake because we played against them, and we would just steal everything. <laughs> Those kids look stressed out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they look really stressed steal? out. Like I don't know. Basketball shorts. Yeah, that's cool. 
That's true. it. Yeah, they oh, they had a lot. I went to visit that school for my son, and the kids were on stage with like coffee cups, and their legs were shaking. They were anxious and nervous. They kept looking at their like phones because they were so uh, under so much pressure oh, yeah. for that independent test that they have at Harvard, at Harvard Westlake. What's that? They they have a they have their own like a uh, test that a test that they take there that is. Not like the independent schools like Chaminade and Campbell Hall. All of them have a, a test that's like a standardized test, mm. but Harvard Westlake has its own test. Oh. And that um, makes the kids really anxious because they have to perform on these high levels. But it's like a, there was a kid at that school who was so stressed out that he beat his girlfriend with a hammer. Jesus. Mm-hmm. It was like he. I was like, damn, did he fail the test? Like, what happened? Yeah, he, he failed a lot of tests. That unwell. Day. Like, you can't do that right? stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Can we talk about Dave Chappelle? Can I do want to hear about it. You wanted to talk about this today. And we were talking about it a little bit, and then I have to go present how you makeup, and you guys aren't ready for it. You that. look so good. I love yeah, you. Okay. Did you get that video I sent you? I haven't watched it yet, but I assume it's like this when you. It, ask. It's like that. And I'm he always like, like gasses me up when I say something negative, and I appreciate it. You look great. Um, thank, see, thank you. Pile on. Um, so what's this? Day? So Dave Chappelle has a new special out. A new special. Mm-hmm. It's called Sticks and Stones, and he basically is complaining about cancel culture. And I think, and I, I, I wish I had the article up because he calls it. I'm gonna find it. In a find little it. Bit. I'm, okay, I'm gonna find it. Take so it away, Brett. He has. A, so you brought this up. I'm just gonna. Okay. For, I'm just gonna buy time. He has a cancel. I'm opening my J. Crew catalog. <laughs> um, Dave Chappelle is a comedian. You may know him from uh, such hits as uh, Men in Tights. Take it away, Brooke. He had four specials that came out. I started laughing. So he. I mean, I watched his other specials, and yeah, he had different there kinds were a couple of couple moments. Yeah, like in the the most recent ones before this, people were like, "Oh, whoa, it's interesting." Like, uh, and and but so you brought it up. What he just said? What like the he thinks cancel culture's bad? Yeah, I like agree he with that. Made some jokes about uh, Michael Jackson's um, the rape allegations, the child rape allegations, saying essentially, like I don't, I don't want to. You can't really paraphrase a joke, but like saying. One that it wasn't true, and if it was true, wouldn't you want to be the kid that was right? Like, and you're giggling. That's funny. And that's the point. Like, that's it. I love how those jokes end up in articles. Like, uh, we were kind of talking about this. There's like someone had to in the article about Devin Nunes selling, suing like a fictional cow. Be like, <laughs> yeah. the the fictional cow mentioned mentioned how uh, Donald he was spending so much time quote. Gobbling President Trump's balls, end quote, and it was found to be inappropriate. Like that, someone's writing it up in an article, making it so different from the way it was delivered in a in a in a in a, in a, a comedy club. Mm-hmm. So he called it celebrity hunting season. That's yeah. how he refers to cancel culture. And someone pointed. I wish I had the name. Somebody pointed out on Twitter how it's fascinating that someone someone is so angry about cancel culture. Someone who has never been affected by it, never. He's just making more money and having a bigger platform. It's Dave Chappelle. He he will never be canceled. He's uncancelable. Well, he we kind of just in the office. He self canceled. Right. I was I worked at his talent agency when he signed the fifty million dollar deal mm. with Comedy Central, mm. and it was like the biggest thing in the universe. Mm. And it was literally the biggest thing that anyone had ever like in, had ever signed with a cable network. It was a huge deal, and the and the agent used to literally the who signed it. Wait wait wait, save that. Okay, coming up. When Ooh, we come back, right? Exclusive Chappelle story. Uh huh. Exactly. <laughs> So uh, his. Are we back now? <laughs> yeah. We back. Okay. The re- the reason I uh, I'm, I'm going to be quiet and then. Oh, I'll chime in. Go ahead. Okay. I just remember his agent used to walk around. He had a baseball bat, and he became like the big man on campus. He used to have oh, a baseball that big bat. Deal. He would just walk into the area where all the agents were that represented other people, or were like the junior agents on like the Chappelle team. 
and he used to stand in the middle and just bang the top, the head of the baseball bat on the ground because he knew no one could do anything. He would just go boom, boom, boom. And the agent I worked for was junior, and he would Marty would walk in to James's office and sit there as my boss was like trying to do work at his desk. And Marty would take full cuts with the baseball bat against the back of my boss's chair. So did he cave his head in when Dave Chappelle walked away from the 50 million? No, oh. he, he, I think by that time he like moved on to CAA or something. Like oh. he took a job, he parlayed it into a bigger deal somewhere else and left in like the dead of night and went over to CAA. But, um, but like that was a huge thing in Hollywood. And I remember we were all watching on Oprah when Dave Chappelle said, listen, I had to leave. I'm not going back because he, he does have a conscience. Um, I would disagree with somebody who would say that Dave Chappelle um, is, has never been affected by cancel culture or not affected by the things that they say they are. Maybe not cancel culture by what the definition of it is today. Mm-hmm. But Dave Chappelle had a very interesting journey in comedy before he became Dave Chappelle. It wasn't until the Dave Chappelle show that Dave Chappelle became Dave Chappelle. And up until then, he was a comedian that a lot of people thought wasn't funny, who got canceled, who didn't get the opportunities. And then he got with Neil Brennan and they came up with these masterpieces. And then he grew from that. Um, I'm never going to say that a black man in America doesn't know what it feels like to be canceled. And I'm never going to say that he doesn't understand struggle because he's got privilege because he just became famous. You can count the years that Dave Chappelle's been famous, but he's been a black man his whole life. Now, um, wait, can I clarify that I absolutely am not saying that he no, I doesn't say, know I struggle. I didn't think yeah. you were saying. Okay, that. I yeah, just meant yeah, I didn't think saying wild things has never affected his millions. You know why? Because his That's fans all. are loyal to him. Yeah. So regardless of what he says, now I, I stand in a very interesting place as a comedian because I'm not ever going to police a comedian and say what they what they you know and this whole thing blew up a few week a few weeks ago with comedy with Dina Sham who made a joke about XXX Tentacion mm. the joke blew up James Davis who was another comedian addressed it he he addressed Comedy Central it became a war between the comics there were comedians that were defending James the people that were defending Dina most Dina and they went off on James saying how dare you where I can I can find the nuance in the matter and say at the same time where I didn't think her joke was it. What was it? She made a joke about Triple X when he got killed. She said that he had fifty thousand dollars cash in his car, and she's like that would have been a real good Venmo commercial. And so everybody's <laughs> laughing. It's not that it's funny. It's that everybody else is laughing. No, but but listen, you can think it's funny. Which I don't get it. I don't either. That's could why you, I'm saying I, I don't. Jacory says you get it. Jacory, could you explain it to us, please? So he was leaving a dealership. I can't hear we can't you. Hear you. Jacory, who is in charge of the audio, <laughs> <laughs> and not. I just want to take this moment to thank out. all of the people <laughs> who actually do support me. I love y'all. Y'all got me out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he was leaving a dealership with fifty thousand dollars cash on him. Living in, in in leaving a dealership with a bag of cash, and he was killed for that bag of cash allegedly uh, at that time. And she it. said she was watching that story, oh my God. and her first thought was, yeah. "Damn, that'd make a great Venmo commercial." I'm fine with that joke. I think I think that joke's fine. That well, and so this is what I what I joke. said. Um, what happened was James Davis, who's a, a black man in comedy. Found it offensive because he thought it was offensive to her family. His family thought that it was insensitive to the others in the room. Not it just is. him, right? So, but he he sent a message. He posted it and said, "Comedy Central, you need to take this joke down." It became this big old controversy. Then the other comedians just piled up on James. Whereas I can understand James' discomfort with the joke. He's a black man, a young black man who sees a reflection of himself on on media and television all the time, being assassinated and is being, you know, it is being trivialized and, and turned into a joke. I personally didn't think the joke was that funny, but I I'm not going to police other comedians. Like I'm just not going to do that. Right, that but like so fascinating. Where were there? I wonder, like, if he spoke out in. Support of black women, 
when Triple X was accused of beating them up. And he, when uh, everyone this, was memorializing him. I, well, I'll, I'll say like, this. I wonder if. Well, this is what I'll say. Um, I'm the mother of a young black man, and when at Triple X died, he was what, 20? 20 something? He's young, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a kid. He's a troubled kid who talked about killing himself and the, uh, domestic violence and violence and all of the stuff that was a part of who he was was a manifestation of where he came from. Mm -hmm. So when 45 year old comedians are judging a 20 year old boy for being imperfect and coming from where he comes from, I would love to go back and see what you were doing 45 year old comedian white boy when you were 20 and now you're all of a sudden you're a feminist. Now your point makes me uh, it brings me to the place, the very place where I thought it was all hypocritical because no, probably James won't do, but neither do the comedians who were defending this right, woman. Right, right, that wasn't sudden, what it was about anyway. And right, all right. of a sudden became feminists. And it's right. like some of the most misogynistic comedians who only were siding with her because they want to be able to say stuff about black people and get away with it were like right on board. They were like, ah, this is this is horrible. Comedians need this. But if you look at the list of the comedians who were defending, it's it's like, eh, I don't I don't buy that you're a feminist mm -hmm. like that. They were no, like the, the, if that joke is funny if it's <laughs> Oh my god, did I make you laugh? <laughs> you always make me laugh. Oh my god. <laughs> that make me laugh because you got the good callbacks. That's a good. That's a good one. Uh, that joke. Working me. That joke is okay, funny in a vacuum. If you don't know any, if they're if, if with don't know anything about Extentacion, that 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 joke's funniness just relies on someone who shouldn't have had cash and could have Venmoed. Absolutely. And, and there's a moment. There's just a moment in Forty Year Old Virgin where like Seth Rogen confronts whoever it was who's like, did he say, did you find out, did he tell you that you cheated on me? And he just goes, well, I didn't know that, so <laughs> I am sorry. <laughs> and that's that seems like would be like the reasonable response <laughs> to someone who just heard that someone had $50,000 in cash and got killed for it, being a good reason for Venmo. The more you find out about it, just like anything, like the more you're like, oh, there's a person behind that. But I'm not. I'm not saying. I, I'm of the belief that you can say whatever you want to say. Okay, because so are you. Sort of, kind of like in comedy, you this can say whatever you no want. No rules, but. You have to be willing to deal with the consequences. 100%. I know white boys who want to say the N word all the time, and they do it at the Some comedy of them store. Do, right, right, but they're not going to do that. On Monday night at the improv, because there's a very good possibility that somebody will punch them in their <laughs> mouth. You know what I'm saying? So for me, it's like you can say whatever you want to say. I, I don't think Dina was being malicious. I think Dina was being a comedian. Yes. I do see the why James would take offense to the joke because he sees himself in an X where the white comedian, those white boys don't see themselves and they don't come from the hood and they don't come from, uh, uh, you know, when people say, oh, he beat his girlfriend and he was a, 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 a whatever, he was a, a troubled child. He's made fun. He got stabbed. He stabbed. He comes from the environment that is a product of systemic oppression. He is no different than anybody else just because he's a rapper. But I want to tell my joke. Like, that's it. Like, yeah. that's what it comes down to. It's like, but I want to be able to do this thing because I've always been able to do everything. Absolutely. And then, so I don't, I wasn't down with what happened to her. She started getting death threats mm -hmm. because. The people who follow him, a lot of them are just as troubled as he was. But like nobody is in support except for like people who are not well. Nobody is in support of death threats. I hate when death threats are used as a defense. Yeah. Like, but I was getting death threats. Nobody said you deserved death threats, but we still think it was bad. And I'm not even talking about this mm. specifically. They just gave me like another. I just yeah. think there's like, two different things. I when someone is obviously trying to put you in danger by inspiring death, like the intent. Of someone saying like oh, Brooke tried that. to kill someone, like yeah. if I were to do that without a joke involved, that's my intent is for you to get be in danger or get death threats or anything in between that. Um, but the intent of a joke is just to be like just to make somebody someone's laugh. dead. Is that it? is the serious. Is that the, uh, always not, the not every joke, joke. Not every joke. Not every Some joke by any me. means. No, no, no. A lot so of jokes are racist. Just, well, a lot of those aren't fun. jokes. Like, a lot of those yeah. aren't. I wouldn't call jokes. A lot of those are just like oh you're.
Louis so Louis C.K., when he was making all those jokes, was it, and when he's still making them. I'm fine. Now that we know he's well, kind of- Well, we feel it though, right? We feel the difference between two kinds of jokes. Like sometimes Louis C.K. just tries to find that thing. It's it's not explicit. Like when comedians get too much like, no, we see it with Bill Maher. We see it sometimes mm-hmm. in comedians in cars getting coffee when they're like mm-hmm. complaining about cancel culture. Like, too explicitly, they just want to be able to say it. But like, there's something special about a joke when you're like, this is empirically a serious, terrible thing. Mm -hmm. And we all need to not take it seriously, or we will go crazy. Mm -hmm. And if the joke's intent is that, I can forgive it. I mean, who am I to forgive? But personally, in my life, when I'm like, hmm, hey, self, should I forgive this? Hey, self, should I let them off? I'll, I'll let them off, regardless of whether that's right or wrong. I'm personally more inclined, and I can only speak for myself, to say that was the intent. It's fine. More than someone who is obviously not joking. It's like someone who's trying to make fun of someone and disparage them and put mm. them down. I'm not cool with that. I, and I don't think that, I thought, I think she just intended to write a, a, a clever joke, right? And so, though I understand what James was going through, I think there's a better way to handle it as a community of com- of comedians. It's call- I was gonna call her because I was like, yo, I don't know if you know, but his fans, they kind of bang a little hard. You might be- wanna be careful. I was gonna say something to her, which is so funny because then it blew up. And I don't even know her like that, but I was gonna say, you. I don't know if you've seen him, but some of his fans have like baby bottles tattooed on their faces. <laughs> like you might want to just, what that means. just, it's just, they have face tattoos. It's a weird thing. <laughs> it's like a very interesting group of people. Like, and those are the ones that were threatening her. It wasn't like comedy people that were appalled by the jokes. But what I was gonna say is that there's a much, there's a different way to approach it as a community. For me, if I don't like. Somebody said the N-word in my presence and I addressed it myself. I didn't go on Twitter and say, yeah, this guy, my intention was not to get people to hate him. I just wanted him to be aware that what he was saying could be hurtful to people and that he should be more conscious of it because it was being, it was being misused in the, in the name. It was a low common denominator joke. It did, it wasn't funny. It made the audience uncomfortable, both black and white people. And what was the point of it if you were just doing it just so that you can, so that you can say the word, like what I was going to say about Louis is what you see with Louis is not so much that is racism, but privilege. Because mm-hmm. Louis has been in the in the Chris Rock camp for years. He was the writer for Chris Rock. He 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 is part of the Chris Rock, Lance, and Wanda Sykes crew. That's their crew. So I don't think Chris Rock will have a white boy around that they thought that was innately racist. But I just think that Louis C.K. got so big and became so such a voice for the, a group of people who follow him blindly that he feels like he could say whatever he want to say. He can say whatever he want to say because he's Louis C.K. Right. Not so much because he's like, I really hate these, but he's half Mexican and you know he, people don't believe him. Mm-hmm. But he's like, yeah, I, I, and not that that, it, that doesn't- <laughs> That's not even supposed that to be keep funny. Him, but keep, like, it doesn't keep him from being the, a white man that he is. But what I'm saying is like, like I remember people putting him on a Latino list of comedians, and he's like, "No, no I, I'm I'm pretty much a white guy." Like, mm-hmm. even though that is real yeah. and true, he's he's been honest. He was like, "I'm not gonna ride the Mexican wave because I've been I've been feasting on the white train." You know, like, <laughs> yeah. I, I respect him for that. Yeah. That is the arc of a comedian, and everyone knows it. Like, you get to a point where it's like. People, you have to earn your stripes, and uh, who is this person? You could really like someone. You introduce them to some. You're like, here, here, watch this comedian, and your friends like, I don't get it. But you have seen something that really resonated with you, and then more people see it, and they grow, and then you get to like how Will Ferrell was in like 2008, and and everyone's just like waiting. He doesn't even have to say anything, and people lose it, mm-hmm. and that's just like the arc of like a meteor, a meteoric rise of a comedian, and. And um, you get there. And to bring it back to Dave Chappelle, what he said was, he ha- he earned it. He earned. They earned together. He and Neil with that show earned all this notoriety. Mm-hmm. And he said along the way, this is like his Oprah moment when he came back after, when just kind of sat in the chair and was like, What's he went it? to Africa. That's what he said. He's and he explains it to Oprah. And I don't know. I remember this more than I remember literally anything that's ever happened in my life. 
I don't know why. Um, but he basically said that along the way, there were a lot of people saying to him, as he got higher and higher and bigger and bigger, there were people that were saying, in the black comedians who were saying, Dave, listen to how they're laughing at your jokes. They're not laughing at them the way you're laughing at them. They're laughing at you. They're laughing at you, not with you, exactly. Mm -hmm. And then he was, he says it, it was one moment in one taping of one show with one joke, he heard it. What The I, laugh was, listen, I, he's like, I'm pointing out different things about different parts of my life that I experienced. I knew a guy like that and I'm making a specific joke about that specific guy and the role he plays in like my kind of group of friends. And I know that my satire is perfect and right and real. But you have to know it pretty intensely to get those jokes. And when he has like Ashy Larry, he heard like some white dude in the audience going, black people, like with his joke, his laugh was like, ah, but he heard black people are crackheads. Mm -hmm. And he that's how he ex explains it to Oprah. And he's like, I heard it. I literally walked off set and I went to Africa. He's like, I've tried to go to Saudi Arabia, but they wouldn't let me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and he said there was that, that, that um, he would see the commercials and then like the third season of Dave Chappelle. And he was like, no, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I have mean, the utmost respect for him because of that. You know, Dave Chappelle, like Dave Chappelle was raised by an educator and a world uh, dignitary, like someone yeah. that consulted with world leaders. Like he is probably one of the smartest comedians in the game. And a lot of the things that he talks about are to create awareness and to push the envelope because he's he's a he's brilliant. So when I think about Dave Chappelle, um, I don't think that he is being malicious, but I do think that he's seeking to make a statement um, as a as the the guy who has. You know the microphone, the golden microphone. Because if I go out there and try to make those statements, I will be ended before I even get started. And he's like, I gotta push this as far as I can for them, because if we get silenced, then we're never gonna be able to say anything. And the unfortunate part of that is that we gotta take everything that comes with that, because if we don't, then we'll ne we're not gonna be able to say anything. If we let cancel culture and outrage culture police comedians who are on the final frontier of what needs to be said right now, we're never, we're, we, there is no coming back from that. We, we might as well be in China, you know what I mean? We might as well be in North Korea because once you shut the comedians up, then who's gonna say it? If you can't say it with a laugh at the, attached to it, then it can't be said. And, and I understand that with that comes a lot of people who make racist jokes, but those comedians have been making racist jokes for a long time. And the people that go see the racist comedians make the racist jokes are the racist people who go to Trump rallies. They're not coming to my shows. And you're never gonna get rid of those people. You can you can silence, there'll be a black market of racist comedy. <laughs> and they'll be like, oh, they'll be in the, in, in the they'll corner. They'll find it. <laughs> oh, so black market Because I you said something cover. that is interesting. What was That's the, so funny. The, like, like, I guess like the harm that would cause in like completely silencing comedians. But is there a responsibility? Like, um, like black trans women, for instance, are, all in danger, just yeah, walking outside. So, and part of the the rhetoric of the jokes is some of the things that are said right as they're killed by people who do follow mm -hmm. certain comedians who make jokes. Do you think like somebody? That. But do you think I don't think it's like you inspired me to kill? I know. But I definitely think that. Um, oh, ha ha! This is funny. Like I think that. Well, then, if that's the case, then Walmart is right with. Banning video games because then video games cause murder. And I would then, be fine with them banning video games and if they ban the guns too. No, but I'm saying <laughs> and then, well, but see, then, that's the problem. I, I think that's crazy. Now, now they you can now, sell whatever they want in their store. How it's about you, oh, family? Okay. How about you address uh, the mental wellness of the young people in this country so that we don't have these issues? Because then, then there are people that are going to say. You know, all these halter tops are inciting, you know, the, the men who are sexually troubled. And then, and then the line gets getting pushed back and back and back. And now every, nobody is accountable for what they're doing because everything is being blamed on 
Um, you know, like I don't enjoy anti-trans jokes. Right. Right. I don't. I I did a joke and here and people accused me of saying a joke that was an anti-trans joke, which I took offense to because me talking about Caitlyn Jenner is not inciting violence against trans people. It's me shedding a light on the fact that Caitlyn Jenner and Caitlyn Jenner's privilege exploits the trans experience and continues to uh, abuse it and only became a part of it when it was not beneficial for Caitlyn Jenner anymore. So when I make that joke about Caitlyn Jenner and and the, and the Kardashians and them negotiating themselves. It, it, it's really making a point about how Caitlyn Jenner is on the cover of Sports Illustrated in a red Ferrari. And meanwhile, there's a black trans young girl in the hood getting beat to death. And this bitch is trying to capitalize on that. And that's not okay for me. It, so, yeah, so but, but I got a lot of people who are very sensitive about uh, the joke because they, and they were on the, they were Young Turk supporters and they said, uh, you know, that this is the language that perpetuates violence. No. What perpetuates violence is lack of mental, uh, people getting mental wellness care. You cannot continue to blame social issues on the artists. Art has always been problematic and it's always been troublesome because art is a reflection of what's going on in society, not the cause of it. And as an artist, I have to stand on the front line for my fellow artists because I cannot be held accountable for all the violence that happens against anybody based on the jokes that I tell because the jokes that I'm telling are a result of what's happening in my community and where I come from. And I am, I am, I am screaming about these issues because nobody else is. So when, when you say that Dave Chappelle language perpetuates the violence against trans people, I have to disagree. I gotta disagree. Dave Chappelle is giving a voice to the mentality that is anti-trans that needs to be exposed so that we can deal with the issues. And the real issues is that in the black community, the the homophobia is real, the transphobia is real, it is fed to us by religion. Our men's, uh, the manhood of, of the black man is continuously being questioned. And that is what we need to address. You could go, you can silence all the comedians, and trans people are still gonna get killed. And I'm not for it. My uncle was murdered, a gay man, in, by, in a hate crime. I didn't take offense to Kevin Hart's joke because of that. What I said was what Kevin Hart is saying is what I grew up listening to, which was my stepfather saying you should send them all in the island and set them on fire because they are ignorant and they're afraid. And until we deal with that, we're gonna continue to have this issue. But we could scapegoat and blame all the artists and say Kesha's causing um, suicide. Dave Chappelle is causing trans people to get c- killed. Kevin Hart is the reason why gay men are getting beat up. And at the same time, the is going to continue. Silence them all and see if the problems go away. That's just my opinion. Like I really, and, and I don't, I don't rock with the. I, I, I don't sit. I don't think it's cool when I see somebody making a transphobic joke and and talking about. Flame is on this special. Flame is a, a, a cross-dressing man who's a single parent that is raising three children and has had to deal with all kinds of And I stand on the front line for Flame. But for me to say, Flame doesn't feel that way. And Flame is a transgender woman. And he's like, she's like, I'm so tired of people trying to put this on rap. And he's like, they need to come to my neighborhood and do some free mental, give people free therapy. Cause that's where this is coming from. And in all of that, I heard like, it's, it's so easy when you hear something, uh-huh. uh, hear a joke to think, oh, here, there's four words in that that I have identified as words of hate. But what you don't hear, especially for comedians, what you don't, what you, that person who's listening and hears those four words of hate doesn't know is how sophisticated the reason for saying thing is, things is in a comedian's mind. I, I mean, I'm, I'm like, I wanna know why. Dave is harping on the trans thing, yeah. right? You know, like it's just I don't know. And when I see him, like, I'm gonna ask him, please, because I like I'm I don't know, because like I respect you, and so I'm like okay, like you're like I don't believe that Dave Chappelle 
causes violence or directly causes violence. I think maybe I used the wrong word, but I do think words matter. And I do okay. think that we have societal problems. Mm-hmm. And I think that the lot, a lot of our, the reason racism and sexism and homophobia, it's not just what's directly coming from our parents and what's direct, like I, I talk about like as like a dark skin woman, a lot of the reason a lot of like dark skin kids feel ugly growing up. It's not mm-hmm. just because people make darky jokes. It's because of never seeing yourself represented anywhere, right. seen deemed beautiful on top of that. Right. So then on top of that, yeah, like a famous comedian making like an anti dark skin woman joke would really bother me. Mm-hmm. And I would feel like it, it would doesn't bother help. Me too. But like, just see what I'm saying. So I'm trying to put myself in something that I don't think, I don't feel as an, a threat to my life necessarily, like it is like a trans person. And it feels weird. And like, for instance, another part of the special was, you know, he made jokes about like R. Kelly and why would Dream Hampton want him to come on that special? And I think she had a really good reason. He was like, I didn't know the man. She had a really good reason of wanting to ask him. He, one of like the most famous jokes mm-hmm. of his is a direct criticism, of which was a criticism. But then almost like criticizing the special when, and I don't think he, like saying that nobody wants to hear me in any other space, this is what gets people to listen. When you refuse to go on this massive groundbreaking special where it was an, a door opening saying, here, please, people will listen to you here. People mm-hmm. need to hear you here about these young black girls who everyone ignores. People need to hear you here, mm-hmm. but it's like, nah, but jokes, 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 jokes. I don't, it's like, I, it, like, that's like, do you know? Do you see what I'm saying? Like, am I making sense by not making complete sentences? Like, <laughs> I just love you. Look, I think that Dave Chappelle is talking about R. Kelly. What Dave Chappelle did for with with R. Kelly with comedy, what Dream Hampton did with a documentary and her writing. Him not accepting her invitation to participate in her way to deal with R. Kelly is fine because he's he's dealing with it. He he actually made a sketch about him peeing on doing right. on the Chappelle show, which was his way through humor what, to address the issue. The problem with everybody now is that not everybody, but so many people they want to bully you into this cause. Like, let's go, you marching with me. I and, wish and, people you could also, get bullied into that cause. Honestly, that's well, what it took because well, it took a long. It was a long time of everybody being like, but well, you because oh my god, this song is fire. Twelve play is so fire though. Like it. it oh, it's disgusting. It's, well, I don't. I don't. I've been knowing about it since my yeah. daughter was three months old. Right, so. and I can't get mad at someone for an instinct to fight injustice. Like no, and I'm not mad at it. But don't criticize somebody else's method of doing it. Because Dave Chappelle cannot, Dave Chappelle has no desire. Dave Chappelle is not Ida Rodriguez, right? Dave Chappelle doesn't have any desire, I don't think, to be an activist in that way. His activism is his comedy. Mm-hmm. And he sheds light on things that a lot of people were afraid to shed light on. I mean, just remember that when Dave Chappelle did the R. Kelly sketch, mm-hmm. R. Kelly was still hot. Is it, I, mm-hmm. The word was he got like death threats or yeah, like, it was, yeah. It, it wasn't. It wasn't like when everybody jumped on the R. Kelly bandwagon. He took a chance and exposed R. Kelly during a time where it was not fashionable. He doesn't like religion. That's his form of activism, and I think that you know when everybody is like, this is the way we're gonna do it, and if you don't do it the way we're gonna do it, then we're gonna shun you for it. It just feels like the Salem witch trials, yeah. and it's a bunch of division. Mm-hmm. Instead of saying, "Hey, this, thank you, Dave. I appreciate you doing that back in the day when nobody was was doing that, and you took those death threats to the chin, and you spoke out on some shit that nobody was speaking out. Now I'm gonna do this, but you can't. You, it, it, it's just like for me, you know. I just feel like I gotta defend my comedians because at at this point. We'll never be able to say anything because everything you say is going to always offend somebody. And just like you say about, you know, somebody making the dark skin jokes and they're as a woman, I hear misogyny daily Mm -hmm. in comedy. But if I start censoring comedians, then it's going to be harder for me to combat that misogyny because I'm going to get censored in the process. How though? What would you? 
It's it. Everybody, something's offensive to everybody. Yeah, but that's not fair because, like, I don't think there's no such thing as like reverse racism. And so, just because somebody says it doesn't mean it's true. Doesn't mean it's a problem. Doesn't mean it gets people killed. And so, sure, someone could pretend they're offended by what they believe but is that, but that's not fair because that's not. It's not. It's not honest. Yeah, but it's not. Uh, that's that's the problem. The problem is that. The system that runs comedy is the system that runs media, is the system that runs sports, is the system that runs. And on behalf of the Jews, I am so sorry. Oh my God. Oh my God. He said it. He said it. He looked at me first. Is the same system. I wasn't even thinking about it. It's the same system. I was thinking of, I was talking about. Brett Ehrlich says anti Semitic remark. But that's the point. Like, that's the exact point like at the same time there's like comedians are people too and and imperfect mm -hmm. and at times work hard on stuff and at times are lazy and that's the thing for me where it's like when i'm sure there's a temptation when you get big to and working your way up you work so hard on all these things and there's part of your act that are really important to you and parts you're like I really just think this joke's kind of funny, and, and it's like a, a, you know, in sketch, it's called a blackout sketch. It's just like one joke, curtain falls. Like, that's all I wanna do. I just wanna mm -hmm. do this one joke, and I think it's funny and perfect and little, and it doesn't do anything socially or anything. It might be a little offensive. I'm just saying it because I wanna say it. That is kind of inherently lazy, but also when you build out the whole like show, I guess, it's, it's part of the experience, maybe for flow or pacing or whatever. And to hold, and, and there's such a temptation, especially if you're focusing on like these systemic injustices day in and day out, you wanna fix them. We don't and have they're to focus not on serious. But like it is, it is tempting to go and be like, I'm holding each of these things to the same high standard because why shouldn't we? Because I want to, because I want the world to be perfect and great. But like in a, around the world, like, there's comedy clubs, comedy shows, sketch shows, like movies, TV, like all these little performances meant to point out in different ways to different audiences. It's just the six of us in this shitty little dive bar open mic. And then here's 20 million people are gonna go buy tickets to this movie. We have to find the right way to craft it. They can't all be the same. It's never gonna be the same, but to at least like embrace the human experience of everyone, how they enjoy a joke, where it's told, how it's told, when it's told. Yes, if it's crappy and like, and like on an entire people, that's bad. But like maybe there's a reason it just sounds terrible and it's not actually terrible. Yeah. But you'll, you're never gonna see inside like the comedian's mind and soul to figure out exactly why they did that joke. And it's okay to be offended because being offended sometimes makes people think and it makes people grow. Like it's okay to be uncomfortable. Like we're just creating, we're cultivating an environment of people who don't want to be offended. They don't want to be uncomfortable. And that, that is a, as a I'm person. Tired. Of, right, but that like, it is tired. tired. Yeah, but you are tired and I'm like, tired because we, that's been our reality. It's not that I don't want to be offended. I am exhausted. But you I want to be normal. I get it, and that's what I'm trying I to say. I want society to feel that. And that's what we do. So when when you say you're exhausted, mm -hmm. I understand, because as a woman of color, though I have a privilege of being lighter skin or whatever the privilege is here. And you speak the good, oh, no, no, I don't, Spanish, I don't, so but <laughs> I don't. But I, I still, I, I understand what that is. Mm -hmm. But, but the, the point is not to exhaust you. The point is to create change over here mm -hmm. so that we can start dismantling what is making you exhausted. And that, that is the object. Listen, the majority of the comedians that I know, mm -hmm. the majority of the comedians that are out there just wanna make people laugh, right? And they find different ways to do it. But they work their behinds off, they get paid, they're the blue collar workers of the entertainment business. They get paid less than everybody, there is no union, they, get, they go on the road, they get treated like They're at the bottom of the food chain and they still wanna go out and make people laugh. I couldn't do that it. is the majority of comedians, right? There's some ones out there. But if we start taking out, if we get a sniper and we start taking out everybody who we feel offends somebody at some point, there will be none left because somebody is going to always get offended by something. And at the end of the day, I go to bed at night knowing that Dave Chappelle gives a 
about black people, that he gives a about trans people, that he gives a about gay people, because if he didn't, they would not be in his conversation. He would just talk about women all day long, like everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> and be like, bitches ain't <laughs> I guarantee you. I, yeah, I, it's an interesting conversation. I, it's, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. And if you met him, you probably would love him. I do love Dave Chappelle, no, but I'm saying that's a like struggle. I'm talking about as, as a okay. human. No, I, I believe you, but as a human, I'm saying if you met him, <laughs> Like We're I, just kidding. I, I was at an event with Dave Chappelle, and Dave Chappelle was being mobbed by people, right? Mm -hmm. And he was alone. It was on uh, this thing for F. Gary Gray. He was by himself, and I saw him. He looked distressed because people were just mobbing him. And I went over and I pretended to be his publicist, and I got him out because I was like, oh, he's just. If you meet him, you'll be like, oh, he's just a thoughtful person. I got him. I like Dave Chappelle so much. I like when Ricky Gervais. People were like mad when he said the N word. It was like, okay, cool. Like I don't care. Wasn't really a fan before. I'm not. I can do without you now. Like mm -hmm. maybe now I have like a smarter reason than just I don't know. Don't think he's funny. So I think for this, it's like somebody who I think is just a genius and so strong and so powerful and so amazing. Right. It, it's just kind of like, dang man, why? But isn't that weird? I think that because you. And not that you want the greats to be perfect. It, it is just like, why? I don't know. You know, like. But the, the thing is, if you watch Dave Chappelle, like if you watch his special, like Equanimity, when he did the whole kick him in the thing, right? And then you, it goes that was off. Amazing. But at the oh end, my God, right? That was amazing. He came all the way full circle. It took and did so long and I didn't even know. <laughs> that's what I believe is happening with this trans thing. Like I think that he's mentioned it in all of these specials because he's brilliant. You think he's building a joke? I think he's building, his jokes are always statements. Uh -huh. It's not just a joke. I just feel, I gotta give him the benefit of the doubt that at the end of this rainbow, no pun intended, there will be a point to why he keeps talking about this. Thanks for listening to this free clip of Old School. To get the full episodes and more exclusive content, become a TYT member today. You'll love it. Join now at tyt.com slash join.